2: And welcome to My Dad Wrote a Porn of the Footnotes. Now, this week, we thought we'd try something a little bit different. As food is increasingly taking centre stage in the Blender Blink books, we thought we should get an aphrodisiac expert on the show to see if Rocky's actually onto something or not. (laughs) Uh, So today, our guest is Amy Riley, who has a Master's in Gastronomy from Le Cordon Bleu, very posh, and is the author of Romancing the Stove and Fork
1: Me, Spoon Me. (laughs) Hello, Amy.
3: Thanks for joining us. Hello.
1: (laughs) I love the titles of your books.
3: Well, I have a new one coming out in January called Eat Cake Naked.
1: Oh. What?
3: command. <laughs>
1: That's the next series of Bake Off sorted.
3: (laughs) Yes, exactly. Well, yes, I I was doing research and I suddenly went, there's no baking book focused around aphrodisiacs and this needs to be done. So yes, eat cake naked. So do you see it as a a vocation, as a calling rather than just a job? Oh, absolutely. And you know, the field work is amazing.
4: (laughs) (laughs) You do have kids, Amy, don't you? Uh,
3: Yes, I do. (laughs) And in fact, my husband and I started dating when I was writing Fork Me, Spoon Me. And then my second child was actually conceived while I was writing romantic romancing the stove so
2: so you had one in the oven while
1: you were writing romancing the stove I love it <laughs> so where, where did your kind of love for aphrodisiacs come from where did this interest start
3: well I actually I started out um as a wine writer and it's still truly a, a passion of mine and I loved folklore and I also loved the, sort of the science and nutrition of food and aphrodisiacs were kind of a place where those two met and it's fun so mm. that's how it all happened really And you're a pervert. (laughs) Well, there's that. Thank you for pointing it out. Sure, sure. So you
4: mentioned wine. Now, wine is a massive part, obviously, of the uh, Belinda Blink stories. Oh, yes. Um, She loves a Chardonnay. Now, where does that rank on the aphrodisiac (laughs) scale?
3: Well, I would put champagne ahead of it, but Chardonnay is not a bad choice. Um, In fact, all wine is considered aphrodisiac, both historically and then for some scientific reasons as well, the sense of certain wines, and some Chardonnays would be included in this, uh, replicate the scent of human pheromones, so you could potentially get turned on by smelling a glass of wine. Oh. Um, plus. You know, wine, they're now, all this research is finding out that wine is uh, good for your heart. And, and any food or drink that we're told is good for our heart, you can also apply that it's going to be good for your libido because it's all about blood flow, if you know what I mean.
4: Oh, I do. <laughs> so, Chardonnay were thinking she's going down the right tracks. Oh, yes. Now, what about um, G&Ts? She often serves those via the vagina, which obviously I imagine would ramp up the aphrodisiac state. <laughs>
3: <sighs> well yes, you know, gin for sure you could say that gin's an aphrodisiac, but every gin is made a little differently and some have more sort of a, a more of an aphrodisiac blend than others. Obviously though, all alcohol is aphrodisiac and that it lowers inhibition as long as you, you know, don't overindulge it's going to work in your favor. It makes you a bit silly. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: Um, This week, obviously, Belinda nearly drowned in a chocolate (laughs) pool. (laughs) Um, Chocolate's one of the most famous aphrodisiacs. Is there any truth in that?
3: Absolutely. Probably the best known or or most associated food with sex. There's um, something called PEA, uh, which researchers have proven can replicate sort of that rush of happy hormones you get um, from an orgasm. Now chocolate contains PEA. But an average-sized woman would have to eat something like 25 pounds of chocolate in one sitting in order to feel this orgasmic rush, which is a bit unrealistic.
2: So if you were to just use chocolate to turn you on, you'd probably be in a diabetic coma before you even felt any kind of arousal, (laughs) is that right? That's right. Wow.
3: Um, They've also found PEA in cheese, and it's in a bit higher of a quantity. So, you know, you might do better with cheese.
2: So is cheese actually more have a turn on than chocolate
3: well in a moment of seduction if you offer someone chocolate or cheese they're probably (laughs) going to go for the chocolate uh that being said eating the cheese may do a little more for your sexual system and also cheese freshens your your breath cleans your mouth a little bit um kills some of the bacteria in your mouth so it makes you more kissable although talking about it sounds now that i'm saying it out loud it sounds unsexy but (laughs)
1: Also, if someone offered me a bit of cheddar, I would totally be up for that. Like, I love me a bit of cheddar. Like, I think that would get me going. A bit of cheese on toast. Don't mind if I do.
3: Uh, I actually have a recipe in Fork Me Spoon Me that combines both brie cheese and dark chocolate. And that could be, you know, your best choice. I'm not sure you'd get a second date from me, Amy. (laughs) Yeah.
4: So let me put you on the spot. How sensual do you think the following dish would be? Blue cheese fish mousse. (laughs) Please don't
3: ever make me eat that. What I mean, is a blue cheese fish mousse. I mean, blue cheese and fish are, you know, potentially aphrodisiac, and and moose is a kind of a creamy, sexy kind of thing. But oh dear,
1: altogether.
3: No, just no. So you're you're banning that? Are you from the bedroom? Yes, I'm. I'm banning that from from anywhere.
4: <laughs>
1: right. From life. Yeah. Um, can we run through another few of the uh, dishes that come up in Belinda Blinked and see if any of them, you know, you think okay. you think maybe Rocky's <laughs> onto something. Mm. Turkey sandwiches.
3: Um, great for a train ride, not for a sexual encounter. Uh, speak for yourself, Amy. Stop being so judgmental.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Next up.
2: Spaghetti bolognese.
3: Ugh. oh that's just a food bomb that's just gonna sit there in your stomach make you fall asleep you'll never you'll never make it to second base this
4: is a bit of a curveball um it's quite british actually um trifle
3: i'm not going to rule it out okay it wouldn't be my first choice
1: chicken kiev
3: oh (laughs) Oh, that's like Boarding school food. No. We're no, getting no, no. a
2: visceral reaction from you, Amy, on all of these dishes. I feel like <laughs> Belinda's having no sex.
3: But do you think
4: maybe there's something about a chicken Kiev that has sort of um I guess, a sexual organ quality to it that could maybe be like nudging you towards thinking about other things like subliminally.
2: It's a love pocket. Oh,
3: come on. A love pocket. It makes me think of a cafeteria. I mean, it's just no, no, no. Unless you had a crush on like your, I don't know, history teacher. No, no.
1: <laughs> it's not going well for Rocky so far. He's uh, he's chosen the most disgusting foods.
4: <laughs> there must be some foods that, resemble other things that have um a physical quality to them that make them aphrodisiacs rather than their taste or texture so what foods look sexy
3: well it's true that a lot of foods have that sort of uh history i mean the indian word for avocado is testicle tree nice (laughs) i don't whatever a man clearly named that, not a woman. Um, and, you know, cucumbers, of course, have that kind of distinction. Yeah, you know, This is not my favorite category of aphrodisiacs, the foods that resemble um, something sexual. It's, it's just not my not my favorite. I don't really put much stock in that. Seems a bit obvious, doesn't
4: it? You look at a cucumber, you think of a penis. Yes. Come on.
3: No, I don't. But <laughs> men seem to think that you're supposed to. I don't know. Alice does. I do. I mean, I, I, re- <laughs> I really can't enjoy
4: gin and tonic with cucumber in it in the
1: summer. <laughs> bit of a curveball, but I've heard celery has some sort of aphrodisiac
3: qualities. Yes. Uh, celery actually has natural plant estrogens, kind of a random thing that you'd never guess. Beside the fact is, you know, some people say it looks Like, Yeah,
1: I hate celery. Like, I really hate raw celery. So that's not one for okay. me.
3: But you
4: might do anything to get
3: yourself in the mood, so it needs must. Uh, Celery is actually better for women, so you can skip it and you'll be fine.
1: Yeah, James, you can
2: just have the blue cheese fish mousse. Oh, delicious. Yum, yum.
3: (laughs) One of the textbook
4: aphrodisiacs, I feel like, that everyone always wangs on about, it's always in films, (laughs) people always talk about it as a kind of go-to, it's a bit of a cliche, is the oyster. Now, we don't have oysters in the book, but we do have caviar. Can we talk about Mm. caviar
3: momentarily? Oh, yes. Well, all eggs, and that includes fish eggs. Uh, are symbols of fertility it's not so much a symbol as much as it is the thing do you know what i mean it is yes but as the thing it's become the symbol of the thing
4: (laughs) i hear what you're saying i mean it's it's
3: pretty Pretty meta
2: yeah Yeah. circle guys
3: caviar is also a source of arginine which is a nutrient that's been proven to be important for sexual health um so they can be quite useful in that way and also they're a source of protein and you need a good source of protein in order to have the sustained energy for an all night you can say it slam <laughs> sesh
1: <laughs> well we know belinda loves her protein she gets it from some unorthodox sources but, she does <laughs> you know like high protein peanuts and things like that but, uh, and mm-hmm. semen and semen Yes. Yeah. um what about like herbs and spices
3: oh yes um, chili pepper is probably my favorite to talk about. It raises your body temperature. If you eat enough of it, you can get a rush of adrenaline and it also, it can make your cheeks flush, which is said Ooh. to resemble a sexual flush. So it's just sort of watching someone eat chilies can kind of get you st- sort of subliminally in the mood. Ironically, though, if you're cooking with chili,
4: you have to be really careful not to engage in sexual practice too quickly (laughs) afterwards because that, um, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Oh, yes. (laughs) so it's definitely just eaten rather than applied anywhere
3: oh yes most definitely thank you for pointing that out
1: (laughs) (laughs) i'm not good with spice though like when i go to nando's i just have lemon and herb i'm like i'm really bad with spice i just have to have the plainest thing on the menu (laughs)
3: um so that's really it's one of my favorites and then any of the warming spices as they call them, which are like the baking spices. Um, A lot of those, do you know those lip plumping lipsticks and lip glosses and so forth? Often they have ginger in them uh, to sort of irritate your lips and make them plump up uh to supposedly make a woman look more sexy so you know it it plays a nice role also ginger aids in digestion so you kind of it's kind of great to have in a meal of seduction because Mm. it's kind of helping the meal you know helping with digestion so you don't feel sort of tired and sluggish or bloated or any of those things afterwards and you can move on to the bedroom and tear off your clothes and get (laughs) it on
1: what's worrying me is my grandma's favorite biscuit was a ginger nut biscuit
3: Mm, well now we know things about your grandma
1: (laughs) she was such a goer james you know it (laughs) So basically what we've learned is Rocky's got it wrong at pretty much every turn. I'm not sure
4: why we're surprised by that.
1: I think the blue cheese fish mousse is probably the closest (laughs) thing. There's just nothing (laughs) right. Yeah,
2: except that, you know, maybe pomegranates could have something to do with sex.
3: Absolutely. Love that. Pomegranates are like sort of an international symbol of love and sex. Um, It's one of the few aphrodisiacs that is found both in Eastern and Western history. So for sure, pomegranate is um, very high on my list. And um, there's actually some proof that it's an aphrodisiac. There have been two recent studies uh, on pomegranate juice uh, helping to treat erectile dysfunction. And in both studies, uh, they found quite conclusively that it really does help um, that being said, both studies were paid for by Pomegranate Juice Company.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so yeah, pomegranate is kind of fantastic.
2: We have heard that they've been referred to as the love apple. Is that accurate?
3: That is true. And there are some historians who believe that the pomegranate was actually the original forbidden fruit. <gasps> what? In the, with Adam and Eve? No. Oh, yes yes
2: really well i can tell you that the pomegranate is certainly a forbidden fruit in my mum's house now (laughs) since these books have been written so
4: i don't want to put words in your mouth amy but would you say that rocky has taken quite a genius turn there by making pomegranates a big theme oh that's good it's a good one
2: yes i like that yes dad yes dad he's done
1: it (laughs) okay well done
2: rocky come on let's give him some credit guys
4: so, Amy, what would you like to see come up in the book? If he really wants to up the sexual ante, what foods could he now pepper through the novels? Well, I'd definitely like to see some oysters in there, for sure.
2: Yes. What is it about an oyster that makes it so good as an aphrodisiac?
3: Oysters are, uh, they, I mean, it's almost a cliche. They're probably right up there with chocolate as the most best known aphrodisiac ingredient. Um They are one that have sort of a suggestive appearance, so some people kind of immediately jump to that. What do you
2: mean by that?
3: Um, Some people say they look a bit like... female genitalia like healthy female genitalia (laughs) okay well the color's a little off but yes in terms of yes
2: if someone's just sneezed on a vagina i can see oh god (laughs) oh no bon appetit everyone well
3: like i said i do not really like to categorize aphrodisiacs by you know simply a suggestive appearance so there you go (laughs) but it turns out that nutritionally oysters Uh, give the body a lot of what it needs for sexual health, which is the, you know, sort of unromantic answer. But um, they're loaded with zinc. Zinc is important for blood flow.
2: Zinc. Now, the Duchess in the book actually keeps her dildos in a zinc-lined leather case. Ah. Of course. So that's just keeping them really fresh for sexual play.
3: Extremely, yes. Um, With zinc... uh, Helps with good blood flow, and you just can't, pretty much can't do anything. Your heart can't function, and nothing else can either without zinc.
2: <laughs> so, really, the Duchess is getting a bit oh, of yeah. a health checkup through her yeah. zinc lined leather dildos. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Amy, this has been a, a, an education. Uh, I'm not coming <laughs> for dinner at yours, <laughs> but thanks for the invite. We've learned so much, and I hope that my dad has too. <laughs> Imagine being Jamie. Imagine having to read your father's pornography.
3: I mean, I worry about what my kids are going to think when they're old enough to read my books, but wow. (laughs) Just wow. Yeah, to be fair, actually, do you want to take down Jamie's details for when your kids are older?
4: Because they're going to have a lot in common. (laughs) Yes, I think maybe we'll need to do that. You could definitely at least save money on, you know, joint (laughs) counselling. Amy, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so
3: much. Thank you for having me.